Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Payne and Pendergast. Into the 7 o'clock hour we go. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. All right, here's where we are with the Texans head coaching search. We're going to circle back to the playoff action this weekend. We did a deep dive on the Chargers and the Jags, but there was a lot of good games this weekend. Um, the uh, the three candidates who have interviewed thus far are Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, who I'm really beginning to like, uh, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, who we're going to hear from momentarily, and Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles as well. The two Eagle coordinators interviewed this weekend. The ones we are waiting for are, and I, I don't know that we've even heard that interviews have been accepted with most of these guys. Thomas Brown, the assistant head coach for the Rams, I saw reports that he's interviewing this week. The Rams are not in the postseason, so he's available to do these things. Yeah. Um, the other four candidates who have had interviews requested of them, but I've not heard yet, um, what the situation is. And if you've seen anything, feel free to bring it to our attention. Ejiro Averro, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos, who Seth did a little recon on this weekend and really likes. Um, D'Amico Ryans, who we're going to hear from here shortly, who I think is the favorite in the clubhouse for a lot of Texan fans. Sean Payton, who's a total wild card. And with this Charger meltdown over the weekend, there's a lot of Payton talk with the Chargers now. Yeah. And yeah. then um, I'm missing, oh, Mike Kafka. Who I don't know, you know, Giants offense, Giants OC, and after yesterday, I know a lot of people uh, are excited about him after watching what they did to the Vikings yesterday. Yeah, the big question is, yeah, is Dayball is Dayball the one that's uh, that's turned Daniel Jones into viable NFL quarterback? Is it Kafka? Is it a combination of the two? Right. I mean, it's always some combination of the two. Yep. But um, I wish I wish Josh Allen had like. Josh Allen's had a very good year. He's just got these curious interceptions um, that are kind of plaguing him at this point. But, uh, like, if, if Josh Allen had either fallen off a cliff or if Josh Allen had actually gotten better, then you'd be able to know for sure whether, okay, okay, Dayball was overblown. Sure, great, he might be a good head coach, but he was over, uh, over, overrated as a but, – but you don't necessarily have that clarity. No, no, you know, even, with the, even with the curious turnovers, Allen is still a top-five quarterback. Um, Sean Payton, I'm uh, – the thing that I started thinking a lot about this weekend was whether I really want to be giving any coach a 10-year contract right now. Jim Crane has me appropriately <laughs> nervous about shackling myself to a 10-year deal right. for anybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's with that's with a that's with a young man who's relatively healthy. Peyton's 59 and uh likes to I mean, party. No, no spring chicken. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, they were calling Terry Bradshaw was calling him what was he calling him during the pregame? He's calling him like the uh, the food cart or something. Oh, he was. I didn't see and that. It, yeah, and I, and everybody's like, "Whoa, that's Terry." Call- if Terry's calling you fat, 
And he and Payton does look a little heftier. Yeah. I got to tell you, I don't, uh, I'm a little bit concerned that he's let himself go to the degree that he has. Okay. That's why Mike McCarthy's out there. If Mike McCarthy were fighting Trim, he wouldn't have his job on the line right this moment. That's how Jason Garrett stayed there forever. Look That's at him. That's true. Looks like, could, true. looks like you could run 50 miles across the Serengeti without dropping a sweat. Right. What's the key to you keeping your job? Pilates, of course. Yes. Yeah. All right, so we want to hear from a few of these guys, Seth. So what do you got for us here? What's a, what do you got uh, on the Apple I've card? Um, I've got <laughs> – right, I'll do, I'll do D'Amico last. Uh, first, let me just give you a little bit of Shane Steichen because our friend uh, Tom Middlestreen had said that he thought that Steichen might have a little bit too much of a timid personality. I watched some press conferences. I watched some mic'd up. I don't know if timid's the right word, but he's definitely not bellicose. This is just a nice little uh, description he gives of what Jalen Hurts is like as a worker. He doesn't leave the building. Like, this guy's here all day, every day. Uh, all he cares about is football. And when all you care about is football, you're, you're going to be successful. Um, and, th- and that's what he does. It's, it's all he thinks about. He never takes days off. I mean, he's always working. Shoot, I was on Friday, you know, we met after practice, you know, this past week. And I'm walking through the weight room, you know, 4 o'clock, and kind of everyone's gone. And he's in there working, you know. Shoot, last week he was – yeah, I don't remember what time it was, maybe 8 o'clock at night, and he came up and said, what's up, and going to go home and get some rest. I'm going in the weight room and getting on the bike. He doesn't stop. Okay. So um, mm. he, uh, i got to tell you, he's got kind of a – he's kind of tall and, uh, you know, gawky a little bit. There's a, I, get, I get a little bit of a Nick Foles vibe off of him. Off of Steichen? personality and, and appearance and everything. Yeah. And the fact that he's, he's – uh, I've been watching him on, uh, you know, wear Eagles gear. Yeah. So uh, I, I do love the fact that he's done incredible work with Jalen Hurts mm. and integrating all of those pieces together up there. Um, <sighs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sold on him yet. I need to watch more. Maybe. I need to, I need to get more. I don't, know if I, I don't know if he's got that general's personality. Um. Talking about an actual general, not a fake general. Like right. right, right. <laughs> a nickname general. Um, yeah. Well, sorry. Uh, okay, here's where I'm a little nervous. And this is yeah. this is where I'm still a bit scarred from the Bill O'Brien era. Oh, you think it's going to... We've had a head coach who's been able to get snowed over by guys who show up early and stay late before. Oh, oh yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I was waiting for him to talk about Jalen Hurts taking some weightlifting equipment out of the building and bringing it home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he actually looks the part. He actually, I, like... <laughs> it's a glitch with me, not Steichen or Hurts. I'm just telling you, like, I, yeah. I, I'm nervous. Well, I, I, nervous I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Well, Jalen Hurts actually... And, uh, here's the thing. It's not like he's trying to claim credit for uh, for Jalen Hurts being a hard work either, by the way. But, like, okay, we've, we've seen the video of Jalen Hurts squatting however much it was. It was 500 pounds, whatever it was. Like, this is not like Nick Martin taking the weight room equipment home and okay. then coming back looking like he looked. It, it, this, was, this, was, this is, you know, him describing a guy who's a known really hard worker. <laughs> I'm just picturing the weightlifting equipment in Nick Martin's garage with cobwebs on it. And dust. <laughs> I took it home. I took it home. Yeah, like I, was, like, I said I was going to use I took, it. 
I guess everybody who ever bought a Peloton must be like have three percent body fat. Yeah. And off in the Pyrenees as we speak, competing right. in the Tour de France. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> hey, he took a Peloton home. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's something, isn't it? Ooh, he, he's hashtag on that grind. Yeah. Um, Plus, yeah. Yeah. He brought it home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was Jalen Hurts is at the facility. He, yeah. So, uh, but it, th- that gives you a little taste of just kind of what his uh, personality is sure. like. I don't think he's like an overpowering personality, which is, guys like Tony Dungy and others have done it without being overpowering personalities. But it's uh, it's like a short quarterback. It's the exception, not yep. the rule. Yep. Yeah. All right. What do you got from our friend D'Amico here? Okay, for D'Amico, and I apologize, my my I can't get my computer to work on the Jonathan Gannon, so we'll bring that a little bit later. Okay. Um. Okay. So I'm watching the game. Uh, the 49ers game on Saturday. Yeah. And one of the key moments in the second half that helped seal the game for them was when the, their defensive back, Lenore, got an interception. Lenore has been picked on a lot this year. Like Every time you turn on a 49ers game, it's, uh, it's Lenore getting beat for something. This game was interesting because DK Metcalf actually finally had some success against uh, uh, Charvarius Ward. But Lenore is the guy that people are worried about. So Lenore gets this interception, and the announcers described how D'Amico had been handling Lenore, and and I loved hearing this. Defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryan says he's talked to Lenore about the fact that teams are going after him. He said, look, don't look at that as a negative. Don't take that personally. Look at it as a positive. You're going to have all these chances to make plays. Ooh. Ah, okay. Yeah, glass half full. See, it's it's the uh, the psychology of mm-hmm. it. There. Like there's a there's a guy that knows how to tap into what a player needs and how to handle them, how to handle guys through adversity, all that stuff, which is you know exactly what so many people believe about D'Amico. Joe, you know Nick Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa has called him the best coach he's ever had. Uh, last year, Nick Bosa said he he'd be a a head coach within a year, uh, easily. All like guys really, really like D'Amico Ryan's there, both for what he can do for their scheme and I think just the way he has with people. How much does it help that he was a really good player when it comes to credibility on stuff like that? Do you think? Does it matter? I think it. You know, the thing is, I don't know how much it helps, even with with current players, because it's not like D'Amico was you know a defensive player of the year or anything like that. He was a he's a really good and solid player. So I think it is more about his personality. Guys who did, guys who played, always have a kind of a natural advantage in terms of credibility with yeah. with players. But I think that it's more, it's less about how good he was as a player now as it is just that I think he gets he gets his teammates, he gets players. He's just a, he's just a, he's um, he has a way with people more so than anything else. Is he still your favorite right now on this list? He's, yeah, he still is. Um, Gannon, I'm intrigued by, and Gannon, Gannon is very like he almost feels like he's from Philly in a good way, not in an annoying way, not like in a pick on mattress Mac type of way, but just like a you know kind of carries himself a certain way. Like, oh, look, we're gonna go out and we're gonna we're gonna beat the crap out of some people, mm-hmm. and um, and we're gonna focus on the things we need to focus on. Uh, and his defenses, especially this year, his defense has been very, very, very good. Now they have very good players, yes, but um, we all know how that goes. Same for D'Amico. You know, D'Amico has very good players. I think that if you look at D'Amico, one thing that that defense does very well is they're very disciplined in disguising. And, 
keeping offenses off of kilter. And I think some of that's an offshoot, perhaps, of just being around Gary Kubiak and, and Kyle Shanahan and their attention to de- detail and the deception side of things. So one of the reasons that those guys, um, that those good players on the 49ers can play as well as they do is because they, they surprise a lot of quarterbacks. They, they, they're blitz. Quarterbacks get blindsided by blitzes all the time because they just do not see it coming. And, and that's a direct offshoot of the defensive coordinator being in control. Oh, Ivaro. So, Sean. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, Ivaro <laughs> is the Broncos defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered a reason I got excited about Ivaro. <laughs> Nowhere, yeah. I want to hear this. Okay, so this is the crazy thing about Ivaro. Ivaro was a coach for 12 years in the NFL. Uh, this is his 13th year in the NFL. This was his 13th year in the NFL. Uh, so he, he'd been an assistant a long time. Had been with San, uh, had been with the Rams for five seasons, and four of those seasons were as a safeties coach. In his final season, they moved him to defensive backs overall. And then this past year, he takes a job with Denver to be their uh, defensive coordinator. So he doesn't have any experience as a defensive coordinator. So they bring in some older guys to help him out. One of those guys is Dom Capers. Mm. The other guy is Bill Kolar, former Texans defensive line coach. Oh, yeah. And a, and a Broncos defensive line coach for a while, too. So And he was in the league forever. Uh, so that was intriguing. Um, and there were some shots of Ivaro working with Dom Capers that were really good when I watched his mic'd up. But the, the really fascinating thing about that Broncos defense is if you look at their coaching staff – they had, of their five main position coaches under Ivaro, they had a total of seven years of NFL experience. Wow. Yeah, like a very, very young staff um, that Ivaro was in charge of. And the, what people always say about him is just he knows his business cold. And, and he's, just a, he's a very good communicator. He harps on communication all the time. Um, so I think... And that's one of the things that Capers was talking to him about is the importance of communicating certain things to him. Um, but that comes up over and over again, the communication side of things. But if you look at the Broncos' stats, there's a little bit – it's a little bit askew if you look at their end-of-the-year stats. And I'm not going to completely excuse the last three games of the year, but they did have a Nathaniel Hackett firing where things got really wacky at the end. Right before their last game where they got blown out by the Rams. So that's a big, that's a big if that I'm throwing in there. Because they got blown out by the Rams, a bad football team. But up to that point, as of December 22nd, they were number three in points allowed per game. They were number five in yards allowed per game. Uh, the offense at that point was dead last at 15.6 points per game. And five of that year's losses came up to that point in games in which their opponents had scored 17 points or less. Like they had they had no help from the offense. None. The excuse I'll give him for the last three games was the the multiple injuries, guys on IR, street free agent signings that they had to play with, practice squad guys that, it, that had been elevated. It feels like it just kind of finally caught up at the end. They had done a lot of that really good work with a whole lot of backups um, and with a lot of street free agents. It just, the the accumulation of, I think, the offense being so bad, Hackett getting fired, all of that just kind of snowballed into an abomination of of the last three games. But they were very good defense up to that point. We got a translation from our Spanish-speaking listeners, Seth, on that um, Espanol call of the uh, Riley Patterson field goal. 
Ben, can you play it one more time? Can you uh, can you find it? Just give me a thumbs up when you have it. Um, so we we were playing it to compare the energy of that call to the complete lack of energy and comatose nature of the Al Michaels call of that field yeah. goal. Um, here was the Spanish speaking call of the game winning field goal for the Jags. Aquí está el juego. Aquí está la historia. Y está dentro. Está dentro. Patterson le dice. No hay. No en mi casa. No con mi gente. Oh, no en mi cara. All right. So the translation, I'm piecing this together from multiple text. This is for the game. This is for history. It's in. It's in. Not in my house. Not in front of my people. <laughs> Play it one more time. Play it one more I time. I love that guy. I do too. Aquí está el juego. Aquí está la historia. Y está dentro. Está dentro. Patterson le dice. No hay. No en mi casa. No con mi gente. Oh, no con mi cara. <laughs> Not, this is for the game. This is for history. It's in. It's in. Riley Patterson, not in my house, not in front of my people. <laughs> Turn to, to Al Michaels. It was uh, pretty much. Yeah, play, oh, yeah, play hey, a, do you have, do you have Al Michaels? That. Yeah, play Al yeah. Michaels. This was Al Michaels. The exact same play where that announcer was screaming his lungs out. Here was Al Michaels. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marking. Offside! Defense number 26! And they call it on the defense. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that is unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> I, think, but, but I don't think. Okay, the problem there is okay. I don't even think they were talking about the finish being unbelievable. I think they were talking about the flag. Yeah. Like that there was, that somebody had jumped off sides or, it was, and for somebody to, if somebody wants to make an excuse and say, well, the flag made things more complicated. No, 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 no. The flag should be building suspense. Right. That's where it turns into, they've, they've apparently won the game, but wait, there's a flag. There's a flag on the the play. Yeah. If this, uh, if this is a false start, this will not hold up. Something like that. Um, it was I, – I don't know if Thursday Night Football broke Al Michaels. I don't think that a lack of energy has been an issue with him as no. he's gotten older. There have been times where he's not as sharp as he used to be. But whatever, you let it go because it's Al Michaels. This um, – I, I think it I, – I think there might have been something about doing a, – A, doing the broadcast with Tony Dungy who can uh, – he, he could – suck the energy out of a jumping beam he just it's uh he's he's not an energetic person no and and then also maybe a little bit of the oh i'm i'm back here on the old network and um uh al's off with mike trico Mm -hmm. and i'm here with tony dungy Uh, oh collinsworth yeah chris is off. yeah i'm sorry yeah collinsworth is off with uh with mike trico yeah and They they gave me this. I I bet he thought that when he came back for these playoff games, he was going to be getting Chris Collinsworth. Mm, well, and he got stuck with Tony Dungy. That's that is a come down for sure. Um, all right, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. It is a reaction Monday. Um, we're going to circle over. We've talked a lot of football. The Astros were busy, busy, busy this weekend. They got agreements with six of their eight arbitration guys. It's the two that they didn't that had me a little bit nervous, and I will explain why next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.